Join us for a night of fine dining and entertainment as we announce the 2022 40 Under 40 winners. Running since 2002, the 40 Under 40 Awards program continues to recognise 40 of the state's leading entrepreneurs, innovators and future business leaders under the age of 40. Help us celebrate the exceptional young business achievers that are defining the future of our great state. Tickets available now at businessnews.com.au slash events. Good afternoon and welcome to At Close of Business, a daily podcast hosted by Business News. Western Australia's borders are open after almost two years, paving the way for interstate and overseas workers to plug the skills gaps exacerbated during COVID-19. But historically low rental vacancy rates mean there are few places for these workers to live. That's according to senior journalist Claire Tyrrell, who on today's episode of Act Close of Business discusses why the state's skills shortage is hampering the availability of homes for the workers needed to boost housing stock. But first, here's the news you need to know today. East Coast property developer Gurner Group has joined Grange Development Consulting and Costa Property Group to build a 275 apartment precinct on Stirling Highway in Nedlands, which has blown out to $500 million. The project at 97 to 105 Stirling Highway was approved in February last year after being initially knocked back by planning authorities in 2020. It will be the Melbourne-based developer's first foray into WA and it will share a 50% stake in the project. The approved development comprises 231 dwellings from an initial 301 across three towers of up to 24 storeys. At the time it was approved, the project was estimated to cost at least $320 million, but Gurner today said the project would cost closer to $500 million. The revised proposal includes 275 luxury apartments across three buildings to be delivered in stages of up to 60 to 100 dwellings per stage. The proposed development also includes more than 3,500 square metres of commercial, entertainment, retail and commercial space in what Gurner describes as a new town square for the area. It's understood the company plans to submit a revised development application to the Metro Inner North Joint Development Assessment Panel to account for the changes. An iron ore miner, Carrara Mining, has taken to the state's environmental watchdog, pushing to expand its mammoth magnetite project in the Midwest and ensure it operates until at least 2050. According to documents lodged with the EPA, the Chinese-owned company is seeking approval to disturb an additional 1,407 hectares within the current development envelope, expand its tailings storage facility and incorporate more infrastructure. The new proposal is designed to support the ongoing operation of the magnetite mining and processing operation about 225 kilometres east-southeast of Geraldton. The EPA released the plan for seven days of public consultation this morning with the responses expected to help determine what level of environmental assessment, if any, should be undertaken. Since the environmental approval of the project back in 2009, Carrara has spent $4 billion on transforming the multi-billion tonne resource into a fully integrated mining, processing and transport operation, including an 85-kilometre rail line and a 16 million tonne per annum export facility at Geraldton Port. The project is one of only two magnetite projects in the state. 
And the state government has reversed its planned scale-down of elective surgeries as daily COVID case numbers in WA continue to fall during what should have been the Omicron peak. In a statement released this morning, WA Health confirmed the state had recorded 5,566 new cases overnight, almost half the number predicted by the state's health modelling. There are now 38,140 active cases across the state, 106 of whom are currently being treated in hospital. Of those, four are currently being treated in ICU. Though the drop in cases coincides with a fall in the number of people presenting for PCR testing, the daily caseload remains well below that anticipated by the state's health department. Chief Health Officer Andrew Robertson now believes the peak will be reached towards the end of the month. This morning, Health Minister Amber Jade Sanderson announced the resumption of short-stay surgeries at private hospitals from Wednesday, following a review by the state's health department. An eight-week scale-down of elective surgeries began on March 14 at the state's public hospitals and had been due to commence across private hospitals from today. The scale-down was designed to ensure hospitals retain the necessary capacity during the predicted Omicron peak. But with caseloads sitting well below that previously anticipated, Ms Sanderson said private hospitals would be allowed to resume day surgeries and surgeries requiring just one night's day from Wednesday. But the reversal doesn't go far enough, according to opposition health spokesperson Libby Medham. Ms Medham, who called for the review late last week, insisted the measure could be extended further given the low number of hospitalisations and COVID cases in ICU. We'll be right back. understand that business relies on being informed. That's why Business News is your most reliable source of news, industry insights and business connections. To stay fully informed, we encourage you to subscribe to our emails, flick through our magazine and visit businessnews.com.au for daily news updates. It's the best way to ensure you have the information you need to be future ready. Business News. More news, more insights, more connections. Well, I'm getting sick to death of talking about the skills shortage, but Claire, I'll admit there was an interesting proposition that you put forward in our latest edition around what the skills shortage is doing in our property market and particularly how it's affecting rental vacancies. Can you explain for me and listeners how the skills shortage is contributing to low rental vacancies here in Western Australia? In somewhat of a circular argument, the skilled workers that we need to build the houses that we need to house the skilled workers aren't there. To elaborate on a little bit further, uh, our borders are open, paving the way for more skilled workers to come in, but they're finding that they're not actually finding places to live. I sat down with uh, Real Estate Institute of WA President Damien Collins, who told me that the recent rental vacancy rate is 0.9% in WA. That's stabilised a tiny bit from an all-time low of 0.7% in December. But he says at the moment that's actually coupled with some reduced investor activity in the residential property market. So he said it was it's a really strange time because usually when you've got reduced investor activity, when um, investors aren't buying investment properties, and renting them out to people. This isn't usually coupled with low, low rental vacancy rates. The reason it is at the moment is because investors have been spooked over the last six years of a downturn 
in WA, which was then exacerbated by policies brought about during COVID-19 to protect tenants. So we had moratoriums on rental increases and also on tenant evictions. And after six years of a downturn, as I, as I said, in, in property prices, et cetera, investors are just, they're putting their hands in the air and saying enough's enough and they're seeing the opportunity to sell and they're selling. They are coming back slowly, which is a positive thing. Another issue is that a lot of the people in rental homes at the moment are building a home. So they're partway through building their first home that they own. And these homes have been delayed by increased construction times and also costs, but that's another issue. And so they're staying in the rental property, not freeing it up for more people coming in. There was an anecdote that you cited in your articles as well about BGC and uh, a situation where it tried to get uh, workers into this state to build homes. Tell me what uh, Michael Bardier had to say about that. Yeah, I spoke to BGC, who are one of our biggest residential builders. And I heard this last year when I sat down with Danny Cooper. He told me how they were looking to bring in workers from the eastern states and employ them on a full-time basis to construct their homes and I thought oh that's pretty neat I followed this up with Michael Bartier recently and just asked him how it went and he said well we actually couldn't find places for them to live he said it was really difficult the only ones that really worked for was those people who already had a house here or they had family or friends here that they could kind of bunk with uh, he describes the whole process as a very expensive and very challenging exercise. But there is an alternative model that you profiled in this article as well, is there not? There is. I spoke to founder and managing director of Perth's HMO Property Co. HMO stands for House in Multiple Occupation. I spoke to Neil Gibb from there and he basically helps investors turn every room in their house into a rental opportunity. So this not only helps the, the homeowner, the investor, but it also helps free up spaces for people coming in. It's very much like other countries where you've got that spare room model where you don't find a, a whole property, but you find a, a room. It, it suits single people. It suits certain demographic. That was, that was um, Damien Collins' argument. He says... That solution might help, but it's not an ideal fit for many. Neil Gibb from the HMO Property Co. told me that by 2031, they aim to provide 10,000 rooms in WA, which is substantially higher than what they've got now. I think they've got about 420 rooms under management across 90 homes. So we'll see where that model goes. It's quite interesting. Indeed it is. It's, it's not my preferred mode of living, but uh, at least there is a solution. Claire, thanks so much. Thank you. Stay on top of the latest news stories that are impacting your business, industry or sector. The New Look Business News app gives subscribers breaking news alerts, access to e-editions, articles by category, as well as our advanced data and insights search function to find projects, people and companies. It's your mobile portal to the latest intelligence on commerce, politics and industry wherever you are. Stay informed at critical times and download today. Visit businessnews.com.au slash app, download on the App Store or get it on Google Play now. 
This podcast was brought to you by Optus Stadium, now taking orders for your next breakfast or lunch meeting. If you like what you've heard, head to our Spotify page to like and subscribe. New episodes of At Close of Business are available every day in time for our afternoon wrap. I'm Jordan Murray. See you tomorrow.